This is Creative Banter. Given the number of spam calls we receive each day, Ben and I ponder whether working at such a call center would be a lucrative career choice. Even if it did bring in a bundle of cash, it wouldn't likely lead to much growth on a personal or professional level. Perhaps this is much like being an influencer, but that's something neither Ben nor I are about to find out anytime soon. Regardless, we do manage to swing the conversation toward actual creative topics, such as zine production and the difference between them and calendars on a yearly basis. Let's dive right into this, shall we? That's a good idea. Yeah. Sometimes I remember to, other times I don't, and it's every time that I don't remember to, I get a phone call from spam or yeah. some other number, and it's like, uh, I don't want to deal with that right now. Yeah. And of course, because I have my phone synced up to my Mac, it like disrupts the whole process because I have the split screen going on. So once I get a phone call, it wants to shift everything around. Yeah. It's annoying, but... Yeah, I, I haven't had the ringer turned on on my phone in... A very long time. So it's just, I'll just have like the little buzz. I look at it and it says, you know, this is probably spam. Of yeah. course, it's probably spam. I mean, who it's else always calls spam? Me? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The only calls that I actually get anymore from actual people are from like the doctor's office because of scheduling therapy appointments yeah. or like my mom or dad or occasionally my girlfriend because she's on her way home and she asks me about picking something or if she, I want her to pick something up. Yeah. It's like, otherwise, it's almost guaranteed to be spam. But yeah. It's a shame, but yeah, you know. I've been getting these um, these voicemails lately, which is like a, a modem from the 1990s that's calling me. I, I mean, like, like wh- wh- why why do we need to have these like modem sounds, you know, calling and, and leaving a uh, a message on the voicemail? I mean, does it just like sit there and wait for the whole message to read and then start making its its beeping modem sounds? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's maybe it's like a a, a call from the the past or something like that, and somehow or, it's, it's or maybe through. that technology is just super cheap now so that's just what they use in mass when they have all these calling departments or whatever yeah yeah it's weird you'd think they'd have the the spam figured out not just to have modem sounds going through and and leaving out a message but uh i don't know at least it it gives me something to to wonder about uh I, i don't know i also wonder how much money those people actually make like if you were working at like a spamming call center if that such thing exists if it's not just one person doing yeah. it because i mean it shouldn't just be one person doing it, but regardless, I wonder how much you make an hour doing that. Maybe I should look into that. I mean, that's <laughs> yes, you are, just you are on the job hunt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. That could be uh, that could possibly be a lucrative career right there. I mean, it yeah. wouldn't feel good. It wouldn't no. lead to much growth or anything. But I mean, money's money, right? I don't know, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, or I mean, you could also become an influencer. So there's that. I think they would probably have a similar feeling at the end of the day. I mean, you'd be True. like just propped up on just piles of, of money from all the, uh, the affiliate links and, and all the other just random stuff that you're, you're selling to the masses. But I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd feel great at the end of the day on, on that one either. No, I can't say that I would. And I, I don't even know, like, how would I influence people? Like with my large format camera and introversion? <laughs> <laughs> yes. so I, don't, I don't really know what I have to offer to people. 
That's like I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, I've, talk... I've made a career of it, so I I, I guess there's there's something to be yeah. said there. I, mean, I, I don't know what I'm persuading people to buy other than like film, but that's not going so well. Yeah, but so, I mean, I mean, know. you have those uh, real fine, sexy photos of you in spandex that you send out every so often. So I mean, yeah. that that keeps people coming along. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I I don't really have that to offer. I just have my perpetual negativity and uh, <laughs> self-deprecation that goes along with it so i mean maybe think, that's a thing I think there's a market for that maybe you know? yeah i mean yeah. the younger generation my generation that kind of deal is uh pretty self-deprecating so i mean i guess i can hit that market yeah but uh Huh. Yeah, I think I think there's something there. Yeah. Um and, and and speaking of which, I I did see in your Instagram stories that you were out taking some pictures with the 4x5 testing out some of the the new film holders you got. Yes, actually, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. So, uh I picked up three film holders from Chamonix. It's their 4x5 plastic film holders just because they're ones that I had been looking at for a couple since I got the Chamonix, um, yeah, I have the Fidelity Elite plastic film holders that I think I picked up. How many do I have here? Six. I picked up like a, a pack of six uh, from KEH or somewhere, um, obviously used for yeah. like a hundred bucks. So real cheap. Just managed to get them a couple of years ago. But I wanted something a little bit higher quality, um, something a bit newer, and so I picked up three of those and uh they're great so far i mean good. i love the the dark slide itself and one thing that these have too and i don't know if you're because you have wooden ones right yeah yeah they're wooden yeah i don't know if your wooden ones have this feature or if it's just exclusive to the plastic ones but if you're looking at it on the uh, right hand side uh underneath where it says chamonix four by five or whatever it has mm -hmm. a uh, red little button and in oh. order to release the dark slide, you have to press this red little button. Oh, that's and really cool. You can pull the dark slide out. And so I definitely do not have that feature. It's really nice because then the dark slide locks in. And like on the fidelity ones that I have, there's just like a little swinging piece of plastic that you put over top of the uh, dark slide and it's supposed to lock it in place or hold it in place. Yeah. But the problem with those that I always find is. And why I wanted to replace them is that little piece gets so loose over time that it just they kind do, of swings yeah. like while it's in the bag. Yeah. And it's the last thing that I need is like I throw my bag on the ground or something happens where I tumble down a hill and <laughs> the uh, dark slides shift out and then the film is ruined and I don't realize yeah. it until I get home. Yeah, that's the worst when you when you don't. When, when something happens and you don't realize it happens and you go ahead and you take a photo only realize that that is, you know, compromised after the fact, that's, that's the worst. Yeah. So the one thing that when I saw that though, I was like, well, first of all, maybe not, but it could be like a fail point, failure point where eventually that just wears down that mechanism um, to where it doesn't work anymore. But at the same time, then it'd be just like the fidelities anyway. And it's just the locking yeah. mechanism doesn't work. I don't foresee that happening for a number of years, though, and a lot of use. Yeah. And then the other thing that was weird, so I went out to take these photographs, like you had mentioned, because um, we had gotten so much rain the other day, and there were certain parts, there was a tree in a field that I wanted to photograph that had some nice pools of water in front of it with a nice reflection, mm -hmm. um, and then a uh, more of an abstract photograph of a 
a field that was overflowing and you had like kind of a river running through it. Yeah. And for that second photograph, I used one of these new film holders and I was thinking with this red button, I'm like, well, this is kind of going to be a pain in the ass to, you slot it into the back of the camera and then I have to press this red button to release the dark slide and it's kind of at an awkward spot and I was trying to figure out the logistics of it. Well, I slide it into my camera to take this photograph and I can't find the red button. I'm like, wait a minute, how the hell does this work? Like, I can't find the button, I can't press the button to do anything with it. Well, they designed it in such a way that it slots into place and the red button is automatically pressed by the camera itself. Oh, well, that's interesting. So, as long as it's slotted there, everything's correct, you just pull the dark slide out. And it's it's automatically released. I'm like, I'm blown away by this. Such simple things that I'm, I'm just like, wow, that's ingenious. So... Yeah, I mean it, it's great. I love them so far. I mean, I've only used them once or twice, but still, it's uh, very nicely designed. They feel great, so I'm very happy with them. Even though obviously, eighty bucks each is not the cheapest thing in the world, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, well, that's good. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I have their the on eight by ten. They're they're the wooden ones, and they have the the regular wooden ones, and then they have the ultra lightweight ones. And I think that's something that when people are working with digital you don't really think you know too much about the film holders and all that but man they they do get very expensive the um the really lightweight ones i i think they're like 600 bucks i mean the five six hundred they're, they're they're very expensive for each one yeah let me look up what the actual price is here oh yeah yeah they're like and and it's the sort of thing where you don't really um you don't really think too much about because even the, the regular wooden ones are pretty lightweight but then you can very notably tell that the ultralight ones, when you kind of hold them side by side, there's there's no questioning which one's the very lightweight one. Yeah, the eight by ten, the regular eight by ten ones, wooden, are uh, two hundred eighty dollars each, and then the lightweight ones are four hundred fifty. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, yeah, <laughs> you it's a lot. But you buy three of those, and you're at the price of a digital lens. Like that's yeah, yeah. Um, worth it though for the quality that you get i mean the four by five plastic ones like i said are about 80 bucks the wooden ones are 95 so four by five is definitely a lot more uh economical but still yeah 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 well that's that's cool and uh have you developed those uh those photos yet no not yet i haven't done any developing since i got back from colorado and finished those images out so Mm. i've got uh two four i think six Six photographs, uh, seven, eight photographs to develop, eight sheets of film to develop. I'll get around to it eventually, probably after the holidays. I usually like to stock up with a, a few because it's not like I release a lot of work like consistently anyway. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. But Well, that's good. That's good. I, I, I do look forward to seeing those um, when, when you get the, when you have time to develop the film and everything. Um, because that's I don't know. There's there's something about when you when you do get something new cam related. It doesn't really matter what format you're shooting, but it, it gives you that that little drive to go out and to to take uh, images and and all that. So it's I don't know. I, I think it's kind of a it's 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 a nice thing to to get something new like that because it just gives that that sense of motivation to get out there. Yeah, and with all of this like flooding that we had, which didn't have like a ton of it in our area, luckily enough. Um, 
I think Maine got a massive amount of flooding up there. Um, And even in like northern Pennsylvania, they got quite a bit. But I I went out the other day just because I thought of like, it always amazes me the impact that nature can have on itself and on the stuff that we make. Mm -hmm. And to photograph that and even if it's just a one-off instance of like how it was the other day or if this turns into like a project of we keep getting more and more rain throughout the month and throughout the year um, and I just go out specifically to photograph the the impact that it has uh, mm-hmm. could be something cool to do um, as I look towards the new year and continue to think how my photography is going to be growing and what I want to all focus on but yeah yeah because we're, we're given these opportunities and um it's the sort of thing where you know looking back on it afterwards sometimes you realize how how unique those conditions perhaps were even though it may perhaps be a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a pain to to go out and and to work with it um but that'll that'll be interesting if that if that becomes a bit of a project um we're we're kind of between storms here right now we had a little bit of rain overnight not much and then we're supposed to have a lot of rain tomorrow but looking outside right now it's sunny blue skies um i was just finishing uh before we started recording here i was just finishing working on the voiceover uh for the 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 end of the second video um because now that i have all the zines mailed out all the print portfolios mailed out um now i can actually sit down and and work on the videos and and i've i've gotten pretty good at the point of you know, writing the scripts and recording stuff in a way that makes it all make sense. But I finished the first video yesterday, finished the second one today. And uh, I, I am looking forward to the point when they're all done. And now I got the uh, the ebook to work on from that trip with the, the handwritten entries oh, yeah. and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then once that's all done, then I will be completely done with the work, you know, short of, you know, eventually like posting some of the pictures on Instagram or whatever. But um, but it will be nice because it's been ever since uh, basically the middle of October. I've just been working just as hard as I can to get through all this stuff. And it's just nice to have that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and then it's, at some point, how to head off to, uh, you know, Death Valley or wherever and, and try to gather some new stuff. But uh, it's, been, it's been a grind. I got to find some perhaps better way of doing this, but I can't really think of a better way. Uh, it just... You know, some people, they, you know, will have the zines or portfolios or whatever as a gift. So I try to get everything out mailed in time, but man, it it is a lot of work. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like I said, the only other way that I could see limiting the amount of work that you have at year end would be to push off either the zine or the print portfolios to the following spring. Yeah. That's... and. Which obviously, as we've talked about before, goes uh, there are difficulties with that too, because like you said, yeah. people expect them each this time of year to have them as gifts or yeah, whatever, it's kind of like a tradition um, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I could sooner see you doing the zines, pushing those off a little bit if you continue going down that path. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, and I still need to send you the zine. I, I've got a. I've got it sitting here. I just need to to print the label and send it your way, so you can. Uh, so I, uh, you'll you'll have it before we do our our next recording here, so you can get a feeling for how it all turned out. But uh, yeah, I look forward to that. I gotta yeah, still gotta figure out the 
little zine that I want to do, like I said, for my Colorado trip to figure out the logistics of that and make sure that ebook is designed. The, the, the thing that I'm running into is like, I want it to be designed in some like fun and creative way and like really almost treat it more like I would treat a proper monograph. But mm-hmm. I think I just have to kind of like how I have my ebook for, um, for North Resort for walking around there. Um, just make it very simple and stick with that and just go with it and see what happens instead of trying to give any sort of fancy layout to it or anything like that, at least for this one, and then go on, keep experimenting, trying different things with future iterations. Now, what what are you envisioning as far as like the, the best case scenario for the layout? Because usually when I picture just like the sort of the, the classic monograph, it's just, it's, it's a very simple presentation. You know, the picture maybe a, a little tiny bit of info about it, like the title or whatever. But it's usually a pretty simple and classic presentation. So I'm curious what it is that you have in mind. See, that's the thing. Like I, I just feel like I should be rebelling against that simple presentation. Like that's the basic presentation that is like industry standard is yeah. the photograph as large as possible in the page with the little bit of text or whatever for the title and then that's it like a bunch of white space around it Um, yeah and i don't know i i don't know exactly why or what it is that i expect to be different or to do differently um i i as i've said before i don't know i don't necessarily care for like three-quarter or full-page spreads of images in books because of losing so much in the gutter uh, yeah. especially if they're not lay flat books. Um, so I don't, I don't really know what exactly I'm trying to rebel against or what my, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's just boring to have a basic templated uh, document and just throw the images in and just call it a day in such yeah. a simple manner. Like I want to have more fun with it like I do with the magazine, but at the end of the day, I'm like, does that really even matter? So I don't know, just finding an excuse to procrastinate more. Yeah, I've been and I've been thinking about how it is that I want to do the second volume for the zine, um, and I think I want to make for the second time around. I want to make it a little bit less clean and a little bit more inspired by the unpolished eBooks I do, where it's like the handwritten journals. Okay. Um, where maybe it's the sort of thing where I have the photos there, but then there's like a, a handwritten caption, maybe with like a line with an arrow that points to something, something where it looks like it's just kind of like like almost like a, a notebook in a way with pictures there, but then there's like handwritten notes kind of in there mixed with some type and, and something to make it where there's a bit more, you spend a bit more time with it, I think is what it amounts to. And it's a little less um, predictable in a way. Cause I, I think the, the format, whether it's a book or a zine, it's easier to make them in a way where it is, fairly predictable. Um, you know, here is a picture that looks good on the left page. So we're going to put it on the left page, put some text on the right page and this and that. And um, I don't know. I, I, I think I have something along those lines in mind, but also it does require more work. Um, but also if it's a little less formal, then I probably won't be as stressed in terms of, you know, did I word this particular sentence perfectly to the point where it, it reads right? I think people are more forgiving if it was just like a handwritten note or something like that, where it's, you know, did I say in instead of an and this and that, and <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden yeah. it, you start like swapping between things and just get 
incredibly indecisive about the stuff. So I, I think I could avoid that, but, um, but it'll be interesting. I, I do plan on doing the zines uh, as an annual thing, but I, I do look forward to that uh, format evolving a little bit just as I've, I've worked a bit more with it. Yeah. Like I said in the past, I, the ebooks and, and now that we talk about it more, zines are something I want to play around with and just, again, like you said, play around with in terms of they don't have to be this formal, like perfect polished thing. They can be unpolished and have fun with uh, the design of it, like introducing text or little arrows to point over, yeah. oh, I'm talking to this photograph, talking about this photograph on the left-hand side, not yeah. the one on the next page. Like it's no shit, but still yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, and the other thing too that I've uh, discovered in the process of doing the zine is that, I mean, it, it takes a lot more work to produce than say making a calendar. But if, if a photographer is selling calendars, you're competing with a lot of other photographers that are selling calendars. And ultimately, yeah. how many calendars are you going to put on the wall? Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas a zine has the opportunity to be something different, to be unique, um, and something that would go on, probably maybe stay on a bookshelf as opposed to something that gets tossed at the end of the year. Um, so I think that's another thing that's fantastic about the zine format for uh, you know, photographers that are thinking about maybe doing something along those lines is that there is less competition in a way and each thing can be unique. I mean, I, I guess you can sell, you can make your calendar unique by making like the, the dates wrong or something like that, yeah, you know. That'd be annoying. Uh, there's there's like, no Thursdays, you know. Uh, <laughs> some, just make up another day and put it in there. and That would make your calendar very unique. Yeah. Um, but I probably mean, not for the right reasons. Change around Wednesday to Ben's day and just make it a whole <laughs> yes. thing. Yeah. Yes. I mean. And I guess the other thing, the other question I have about calendars is, so, I mean, I would imagine people buy the calendars because they want to have something on the wall to change with the season and this and that. But does anyone ever, ever actually use the calendar part of a calendar? I mean, it's I mostly have... just there to sit on the wall. Yeah. I mean, so my girlfriend has a calendar hanging on the fridge from Bob's Burgers because it's her favorite TV show. Yeah. And she uses the actual calendar part here or there if she has like something that she wants to remind herself about or whatever. I don't know. Um, but for the most part, though, we all have calendars attached to us at all times. So, yeah. And that's a lot more convenient to have a reminder or to have your phone remind you of, hey, you have this going on on this date rather than having to look at a calendar all the time that you may forget or miss something. Um, yeah. I have two or three calendars from past years from uh, Thomas Heaton. and. Mm -hmm. I haven't written anything in them because they yeah. feel too much like a fine art production of, yeah. of sense. They feel too like nice to diminish with writing in them. Um, but then again, they've just been sitting in my closet aside of me here since the year ended. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I've thought about doing a calendars in the past. I've attempted getting in contact with different companies. Um, my biggest issue with them has always been the design of it. Like I love how Heaton designs his calendars. Yeah, um, very image heavy with just a little bit of calendar on the bottom. Exactly. And there's also um, Michael Kenna, some publishing company, whether it's Nasrali Press or someone else, does calendars of his and 
again, uh, very big image with just a tiny strip for uh, the number date itself, which is really useless as a calendar, but yeah. it's you're buying it because of the art on it rather than anything else. Um, yeah. So, like I said, I've considered it before, but again, like you said, you're you're competing against a ton of people for something that ultimately every single person really only needs one of maybe two yeah. or three depending on like oh i want one for the kitchen i want one for my office and four at work so three at most maybe yeah and also not to mention the fact that you know when july rolls around and you got all these unsold calendars you know you these things have a definite shelf life yeah um versus the zines you know i i have the uh the rest of the zines kind of sitting in some drawers and at some point as soon as it's you know july of 2024 a 2023 zine is still sellable at some point you know maybe a person buys the one next year and didn't have the one from this year so they order both at the same time so it has a longer shelf life um which is also kind of nice exactly i mean you can yeah. you can very easily come i don't know october november when you release pre-orders for your 2024 zines you can easily have a little bundle there of, hey, I have 15 additional 2023 zines. Here's a bundle of reduced price for getting that one. Or mark them and make them more expensive because they're now vintage. That's yeah. true. That is very true. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Do the uh, whole Peter Lick uh, marketing scheme right there. Yeah. I'm going to make a very large uh, tabletop zine. Uh, it's going to be measured roughly two feet by three feet. Okay. Uh, inspired by Peter Lick. Uh, you could just, you know, lay it out on your coffee table. It'll be probably about, I don't know, $5,000 or so. That, you know, oh, that's, that's, that's the Peter Lick style zine. Yeah, it's a good deal. It's oh, on uh, right. special. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I can see that working out for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, you'll have to find a very specific niche clientele for that, but. Uh, just need one person to buy it. That's, that's it. true. And then you're pretty yeah. much good for your the year of your expenses. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. So, in other news, I officially launched far too late the um, redesign of my website. Oh, cool. Um, which isn't like a massive redesign or anything like it was when I did it earlier this year when I changed things around, but mm -hmm. still shifting things around. I have a little banner when you go onto my website, uh, announcement bar thing that Squarespace lets you use uh, that pretty much says, yeah, I know my website is pretty empty right now in terms of writing and uh, essays, that kind of thing, but working on it, trying to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy enough with how it came out. So, just a matter yeah, of- Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it here on my phone right now, so it's not the same as if I were to have it on the computer screen. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I so see you got the, uh, the uh, Woodland Sanctuary and then the uh, Human Element. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's been a a long time in coming in terms of all the debating which way to go. But it's it's good to to have uh, to have something up so you can add to it. And um, if at some point later down the line you you change anything around, you know, it's it's there'll, there'll be time for that. But it's is looking good. Yeah. So I I know that when it comes to changing things around, it's going to be a rather consistent thing. I know that I'm going to what I'm deeming as uh, a pivot. I'm going to be pivoting quite frequently with designs, with 
what I expect or what I want to be doing with my website, with my creative life as things evolve and as things change. Um, whether 2024 turns out to be a year where I get a job teaching and just doing my photography and writing and everything else more on the side rather than relying mm -hmm. on the income, or if the opposite happens and I really just ramp up on everything else with photography and writing and somehow make a go at it that works out, then great, or something in between. But uh, as things change, I know that my website will continue to evolve, so to speak. Yeah. But I like the idea of having the notes more of like, because so one thing that I've been doing since uh, being introduced to Manuel's uh, website and his personal blog and introduced to the CMS program, Kirby and all of that um, mm -hmm. is kind of looking at different personal blogs across the website or across the internet. And I've been running into quite a few of them that's subscribing to them on through RSS and mm -hmm. which something that I never thought that would happen in 2023 is RSS feeds coming back. But yeah, it's uh, well, it seems like a little bit of a rebellion to the whole, you know, social media yeah. algorithm controlling everything. And, you know, here you can actually put stuff out directly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I've been reading a lot of personal blogs, personal websites, and kind of just thinking about where I want to position my own website and kind of positioning it more, at least right now, as a personal website and having my notes section be where I can just reveal whatever I want to about what's going on, uh, open up the garage door and say, hey, I'm working on this or little snippets of things that I'm thinking about, like companionship yeah. and uh, all of whatever else may be going into a longer form essay. So, and I won't go on much further because I know that we've talked about this before, but still, it's something that's finally uh, coming to fruition and I hope to really expand on as we enter the new year. That's good. That's good. You're already setting yourself up for some, uh, some, uh, not, I wouldn't say setting up for goals, but like setting up for getting things in motion, getting things moving and, uh, you know, pursuing those those objectives so that's that's it's a good time of the year to to get rolling with all that stuff yeah yeah so yeah any uh any changes in the job front at all no no uh, no nothing there um just sticking along with npn and seeing what all goes on with that um yeah i don't know the the thing that i was thinking about when i was editing the episode for next week which will be the one previous to this when people are listening to it. Uh, yeah. Episode 79, put it that way. Um, <laughs> I, I was thinking about the when we were talking more specifically about money and my motivation around that, I just came with this thought of like the fact that I want more money, uh, obviously, because who doesn't? Yeah. But I'm not necessarily motivated by money, and I think that's something that is, in a way, deterring me uh, or helping me to procrastinate more because I'm relying on intrins intrinsic motivation for most of the stuff that I'm doing rather yeah. than extrinsic. So yeah, there's a thought there that could be expanded upon eventually. But Now, would setting some sort of goal in terms of if you earn a certain amount, you will... I think we talked about this before. You, you'll treat yourself to something. And then I think you said that you just 
treat yourself to the whatever it is and <laughs> not, not, not necessarily worry about the goal. Um, but there's, there's got to be some way of structuring things to make it so that there could be some clearly defined goals um, when it comes to monetary stuff, but maybe not necessarily influenced directly, you know, because I'm the same way. I mean, I'm not influenced by money as well. I'm, I'm influenced by really doing what I want to do and having that be the um, ability to do things. But also, you know, it does become a factor because, you know, there's bills to pay and everything mm-hmm. else along those lines. Um, but yeah, it seems like there, there should be some way of tricking yourself to, uh, to having some sort of goals around uh, the income side of things. Um, but it'd probably also be a bit like, you know, setting your clock a little bit differently so that you end up, you know, not being late to something or whatever. But in reality, you just get really do- good at doing math in terms of, you know, you know, let's see the eight minutes off this and this. Okay. So actually I, I still have time, you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing that I thought about that, I mean, you could do, but it's only going to last for so long is like, so I would love to get a slightly bigger printer for making prints. Um, yeah, I'd love to get like a 17 inch printer from Canon or Epson, whoever. Yeah. But so I, I could always use that as, okay, I need to save up, say $2,000 for the printer and an extra set of ink tanks. And so that's my goal. That's my monetary goal. I want to make $2,000 or at least $2,000 in the first quarter of 2024 in order to put aside for this printer. Yeah. So I could see kind of doing that. But again, that's, at least for me, is only going to last so long because there's only so much stuff that I want. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I could do that for, okay, I want that for the printer. And, and then you get to that point of, okay, well, I've been thinking and maybe I want a bicycle so I can start cycling and be like Ben Horn and wear my latex. Spandex. And, or spandex. <laughs> yeah, not latex. <laughs> spandex. That's a little different. Yeah. That's a little La- different. Latex, let's not put that on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i just scarred all of our audience members god that's a bad image that's worse than the spandex <laughs> anyway if there is such a thing you found it yeah 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 <laughs> um but yeah that, i mean but eventually that that stuff's gonna run out because like i don't want a bunch of stuff like yeah maybe uh, a leica would be great to have but i don't need it and realistically, yeah. even if I have it, then it's just gonna sit on a shelf and look pretty. So that's six thousand, ten thousand dollars wasted that I just yeah. built up to. So. Gathering dust, literally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I think that's one of the reasons why for me, like the the fitness related goals are the ones that I use to drive me from a photography standpoint because I can't cheat on those ones. I mean, if it's the sort of thing where like, oh, I want to get better at cycling, if I want to do this better, that better or whatever, um, there's no way around it. I mean, it, it's something that, that requires that work. Um, we're, we're recording this on basically the longest day of the year. Um, and so it, it'll be a little while. Um, I would prefer there be a little bit more daylight before I do like the 100 mile ride. Um, that way I don't have to leave quite as early in the morning and in the sun, you know, stays up a little bit longer, but you know, that's one of the things that is one of my rewards for, you know, finishing all the work I just finished. Um, but I mean, that's something where, you know, I, I can't, I can't, it is what it is. It's something that, that takes a lot of work in order to, um, 
to, to do that. So it's, it's, those are sort of goals that, that work pretty well for me. Um, but it's, that's, I, I realize also that that's not the sort of goal that would, uh, appeal to a lot of people. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. most people wouldn't want to reward themselves with a 100 mile bike ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but again, that I'm right in line with you there of, I've been thinking how to motivate myself and obviously health is a, an exercise or, or big uh, factors that I want to implement more in my life. Um, yeah. And I've been thinking too about getting a bike and just like you said, if I need, uh, if I need time to think or just burn off energy, I'm stuck in the house for too long, whatever, to go out for a bike ride and have that be as a sort of reward could be something to work that works out. Um, yeah. Or not. And I just end up with a pretty bike that's, I ride around every so often. Like there, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's really no loss there. Um, just figuring out yeah. which one to get is the biggest question too. And, and I was, um, I was, I was talking to someone a little while back and we're talking about the cycling stuff. And I was saying about how, you know, when I go out for the rides, you know, I, I, I don't have any like earbuds in or anything. I'm, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. I want to be able to hear like the traffic behind me and stuff. And, and the, all, I also certainly, you know, don't have my phone out because it's, it's in the Jersey pocket as I'm out riding and stuff. And so other than when I'm sleeping, you know, these are the longest stretches of me not listening to anything, not having the phone out, nothing. And it, it could be like uh, the ride I did a little while back. It was about five hours. And I got to say, I, I think back to it and I think about all these uh, almost like conversations you have with yourself in your head where you're just thinking about things and this and that. And it almost feels like I was listening to something the entire time because I guess it's just kind of like the inner monologue that, that comes out during that time. No, just but your I second think- voice, your second personality coming through. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and I, I will say it's a sort of thing where like it, it's if I were in any other situation where I had to sit there for five hours and not listen to anything, not look at the phone or anything like that, it would be weird. But somehow when you are on a bike, when you're exercising or whatever, it's just it's so good for the mind. It just clears the mind. It allows you to come up with so many thoughts on on just whatever, and to the point where the time goes by very quickly. Um, so I, I think it's it, there's something about that which is really good for one's mental health, um, just because you have that that clarity of mind in in a in a positive way. Um, and I think it's it's reinforced by just like the repetitive motions of just cycling, and you kind of get in this rhythm with everything. Um, so it's, it's definitely something that I, that I, uh, that I do recommend. Um, so maybe that could be a, could be a good thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Plus getting away from that, from the screens all the time, like you say, and knocking down that screen time in terms of like when, when I'm cycling at the gym, it's one of those deals of, it's so boring because it's, it's just monotonous. Like. Yeah, you're not. You're literally not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're not going anywhere. There's nothing to watch as you're going along, besides like the TVs that they have up there, which is all just watching the news or like home renovation stuff. That I'm like, I don't yeah. want to watch this. So you either plug in your phone to YouTube or play a game on your phone while you're cycling, and it's like I don't want to be doing it like this. Yeah. So yeah, I think a uh, I think the purchase of a 
bike is in my very near future. So cool. Yeah. Now we'll, we'll be now, able to relate. Now is this going to be spandex or, or no spandex? <sighs> I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm quite, uh, quite there yet in my journey. We'll see. Yeah. So does this make me an influencer? I, I, <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. at least influenced one person to buy a bicycle and potentially to ruin their Instagram career uh, with spandex. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just be the yep. spandex twins talking about bicycles on and Creative puppies. Banter. And puppies. On, and the and puppies, puppies yes. balance out the spandex. Yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed our creative banter. You can learn more about Cody's work by visiting his website, CodySchultz.com. And you can find my work at BenHorn.com. For further discussion, join us at Patreon.com slash Creative Banter. It's a place where we can interact with you, the listener. And although we greatly appreciate those who contribute by joining a tier, discussions are open to everyone, whether you're a paying member or not. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you around next time.